the Wisconsin Badgers just fell in overtime to the Iowa Hawkeyes. 88 to 86. Is it time to panic? Should we be taking seriously those who are inching the fire guard meter and up and up even more? I think it's time we can address the question a little bit. Let's let's talk about it and break this game down here. Good afternoon, and thank you for enjoying it with the Six Pack, the Scotty Six Pack, the only podcast talking all things Wisconsin sports at just six days a week. I am your host, Kedrick Stumbrus. You can follow me on the website, formerly known as Twitter, at Kedrick Stumbrus, and follow the podcast at Scotty Six Pack for all the latest in Wisconsin sports. While you are here watching on your podcast platform of choice, please leave a review. Five stars, kind comments really does help people find the show. You can also watch us on YouTube, youtube.com slash at Scotty Six Pack. And be sure while you're there to hit the bell so you get notified as soon as we put this instant reaction episode into your feed. Wisconsin Falls to Iowa. And and we'll break down the game itself more in the back half of the show. But I want to I want to talk about the big picture stuff with this team first, because I, I think that's where people are getting a lot of this stuff wrong. Frankly, there are people who there are credible outlets posing the question, should or is Wisconsin going to make the tournament? Is Wisconsin on the bubble? Are they in the NCAA tournament picture? Yes, they're in the NCAA tournament picture and very comfortably so right now. This is not a team that is at risk of missing the NCAA tournament right now. Now, if Wisconsin were to lose out, I don't think they would make the tournament, but that's because it would have to lose some additional games on the way that Wisconsin you know, shouldn't lose, or at least should get a couple from. Right now, you saw we posed this earlier this week, Wisconsin had the fourth most combined quad one and quad two wins in the country. I tweeted this out. On, on my personal account, the website formerly known as Twitter at Kedrick Stumbrus. Wisconsin had the most combined quad one and quad two wins in the country. Quad one and quad two being a sorting tool that the NCAA tournament selection committee uses to, to evaluate teams based on their you know quality of win. Team ranked a, a certain mark high enough is a quad one win on the road, high enough to be a quad one win if you beat them at home and, and on a drill site. Wisconsin has... More quad one wins than all but Purdue and UConn and Arizona, I believe it was. They're tied with a few other teams, but Wisconsin, of those teams that Wisconsin was tied with, Wisconsin was the only one without a quad three or quad four loss. Wisconsin has one of the best resumes if you are looking at wins, at quality wins in the country. And those wins matter. It does not matter when those wins came. Yes, there is some human element of recency bias that is going to be put into the selection process. But when the committee goes into the room and starts comparing blind resumes, those blind resumes do not have the dates on which your wins and losses came. They evaluate your entire body of work. Wisconsin has done a lot throughout this season to be deserving of getting themselves into the NCAA tournament. So much so that today, when the committee did its you know mid to late season 
bracket release of the top 16 teams in the country as the NCAA Tournament Selection Committee sees it, Wisconsin was 16th. Wisconsin was a four seed. The last four seed, but a four seed. Yes, this was a team that had a dark horse shot at getting a one seed. This was a team that was very comfortably in the two seed picture just a few weeks ago, but this was still a four seed coming into today. And then this loss today to Iowa is not a bad loss. It sucks. It's a loss that Wisconsin should not have taken. It would have been a great win. But it's not a bad loss. Wisconsin doesn't have a bad loss on the resume. And I know some of you might might be thinking, but Wisconsin lost to Nebraska. That's not, that's not a bad lo- that's not a bad loss. Wisconsin lost a quad one game to Nebraska. That's a fine loss. It sucks because Wisconsin led for so much of that and then lost in overtime, but that's a quad one loss right now. Say Wisconsin lost to Michigan. Michigan was is really bad this year. It's a quad two loss. Rutgers, a quad two loss, and that loss, loss looks better and better every day because Rutgers still has not lost. Rutgers has, lost, has won four in a row. Beating Iowa. On the road, would have been a quad one win, but it's still a quad one loss by two points in overtime. The only bad loss, Wisconsin really is in risk of taking the rest of the way because the rest of it, the rest of the schedule is playing Maryland at home, which would be a quad two, quad two game for Wisconsin. You play Indiana on the road, that's quad two opportunity. You host Illinois, which is an opportunity for an excellent quad one win. You host Rutgers, which would be a quad three opportunity for Wisconsin. Wisconsin needs to win that one. And then you play at Purdue, which, of course, would be you know one of the best wins in the country if, if Wisconsin could, could grab it. This argument that Wisconsin is on the outside looking in or at risk of missing the NCAA tournament right now just does not hold a lot of water. Arguably, Wisconsin might not really be in that conversation at all unless they lose out because they add that quad three loss to Rutgers. Wisconsin needs to pick up some of these other wins. Um, a win against Illinois would be huge for this team's resume. And I'm talking about Illinois because obviously a Purdue win would be ginormous, but I just don't see that happening. Bart Torvik projects Purdue to win that game by 12. Win that game against Illinois and you're and you're really, really, really cooking. This team is fine right now. This team is firmly in the NCAA tournament picture right now. There are some concerns that this team is sliding at the wrong time that that I think are worthy of being taken seriously, but not necessarily in the fire Greg guard people screaming it into, into the ether on, on the internet and on the website formerly known as Twitter. I I poked the bear a little bit of the, the fire Greg guard crowd because I, I wanted to know. Greg guard haters. What are your complaints about that one? Because the great guard haters come out every time Wisconsin loses. And yes, Wisconsin has lost five of six, and that's a real concern. There's some qualifiers you can put on it there to where, you know, maybe maybe I'm coping a little bit, but that Rutgers team that Wisconsin lost to is not the Rutgers team that Wisconsin basically had a film on for any of the rest of the year. Now that they have Jeremiah Williams, that's a different Rutgers team and, and a Rutgers team that Wisconsin is going to have to deal with when it comes back to the Kohl Center. 
but that's a different Rutgers team. One of your losses is to Purdue, which was the number one overall team in the country, according to the NCAA Tournament Selection Committee today. today. Michigan loss hurts. The Nebraska loss hurts because you are up. But it's it's just not, not the worst streak overall. And of course, the Iowa loss is not bad. That's a quad one loss. Oh, well. Game you should have maybe won. And we'll talk about that in the back half of the show. But ask the great guard haters. And I got a few answers. One, what are your complaints about about the performance today? First, that he's not good at his job. Thank you. Very specific, very rational. And I said, very specific, thank you. I was told that's kind of a big... <laughs> was told that's a big problem. I said, okay, but you're not telling me a reason why I should get on board with your take. I was told, well, I assume you watch the games. Yeah, I do. That's why I'm asking this question. Counting on Hepburn to be clutch. All right. This is where we can start talking about the game itself. Chucky Hepburn goes to take at the end of regulation or was it the end of over- overtime? One or the other. Um, goes goes to take a step back three to win it. This was the end of this was the end of overtime. And the complaint is, oh, this is another Chucky Hepburn step back three. The problem with this criticism is that the play was not designed to be a Chucky Hepburn step back three off the inbound. The play was clearly designed to get Stephen Crowell a look down low, but he couldn't get free of Owen Freeman. Now, is there a problem that Wisconsin should have had a better second option rather than Chucky Iso? Yes, I agree. Is there a problem that Greg Gard let the shot clock go down to 14 seconds before taking a timeout and setting up that play so that they didn't have an opportunity to either use their last timeout or have an opportunity to really develop a second play without taking that timeout. Yes, there is is some concern there. I get that. But I think just saying, counting on Chucky Hepburn to play hero again is is not the actual complaint there. Um, there, There was another complaint that I thought had credence, which was Greg Gard still doesn't give Connor a siege in minutes. He played poor defense. The entire team didn't play defense. Max Klesman has been in a month-long slump. This take, I actually have some sympathy to. Which was Connor Siegen did not play great defense, but Wisconsin as a team allowed and this is going to make me sad when I, when I get this exact number, allowed Iowa to shoot 53% from the field in the game. In the first half, Iowa shot 56% from the field. And then in overtime and the second half, Iowa shot 50% from the field and Iowa shot was, was shooting very hot. I was, was shooting well over 60% on the game for quite a long stretch of this up until, um, there was like a minute and a half left in the game, though. Wisconsin had held Iowa scoreless for four minutes. There were points in this game that Wisconsin 
played lockdown defense, but as a team, this team didn't let had some trouble stopping Iowa from making shots. And I, I am interested in what happens when I go back and watch this game again, because there are times where Iowa starting center Owen Freeman is like muscling his way through. And it's hard to say Stephen Crowell should have played better defense against Owen Freeman, who was six of six from the field and eight of 11 at the free throw line. Yeah, I get it. He didn't miss a shot from the field, but what are you going to do when one of the best, you know, young centers in this league is just backing it down? I, I get that. And I thought he and Stephen Crowell played a fascinating chess game between between the two of them. And Stephen Crowell was a bright spot in this game overall, I think, despite, you know, him having a plus minus that doesn't necessarily show it. I, I think it's hard to say this team at times, you know, didn't didn't play great defense given the circumstances, but there, there are some instances, right? Uh, J- Josh Dix, who had 17 points, uh, and is just a great shooter. Looked like he was able to get really anything going that he wanted to in the mid-range. I think that's hard. I think it's also, you know, part of a probabilities game where you're willing to give up the mid-range to a shooter like Josh Dix because you don't want him shooting from beyond the three-point arc because he makes 43% of his, of his threes. I think that's hard. I think it's a hard thing to get right. There's also just, this Iowa team is just a lot quicker than Wisconsin. At a certain point, you're going to give up some buckets. I thought the thing that was more disappointing than the defense is the second point that this user on the website formerly known as Twitter made, which is that Max Max Klesman has been in a month-long scoring slump. I am somewhat sympathetic to the argument that Max Klesman is using a lot of energy primarily on defense because he is seen as this this team's best on-ball defender. But that doesn't mean that Max Klesman gets a pass for shooting 2 of 10 from the field and 0 of 4 from 3. Now, one of those looks near the end of overtime looked really, really, really good and just happened to rim out. You know, you don't get points for close buckets. Um, but there is something to be said that this team needs a little bit more from Max Klesman. I overall, though, I, I must say, I don't have a lot of sympathy for the very online Greg Gard crowd. You know, uh, in my in my last profession, we, we would always talk about, you know, Twitter is not real life. Well, the website formerly known as Twitter is still not real life. And people saying... Things like, let me find, um, he lost a road game he should have won. Well, should he have? I mean, it's not that Wisconsin came into this game. Wisconsin was favored by one, according to Bart Torvik. Like, you can say he should have won that, but also, you know, there's a lot of instances, almost 50%, you know, 46% of instances, according to Bart Torvik, that Wisconsin would lose this game. Eh, That'll happen. You lose a lot of games that you would lose in 46% of instances. I think it's tough. Uh, it, it is a hard loss, but also not one that I necessarily think 
is worthy of shouting from the rooftops that it's time to fire Greg Gard. I, I think that this is a loss that that is hard and one that I think would have done a lot to um, calm the fan base, ca- calm the waters as you you get into you know the last couple of weeks of the regular season here. But it's not a disastrous loss if this team can beat Rutgers. I mean, like, frankly, if this team goes three and two the rest of the way, beats Maryland, Indiana, and Rutgers, and loses to Illinois and Purdue, this is still a great finish to the season. If this team could go four and one the rest of the way, that's awesome. I think basically, regardless if the team goes three and two the rest of the way, as long as you avoid that loss to Rutgers, this is good. Or if you take the loss to Rutgers but beat Purdue, <laughs> I think that's fine. Uh, this is not, we're not in fire guard territory. Greg Gard, I think, very well might get fired if they miss the NCAA tournament, but anything that involves them getting to the NCAA tournament, this is not going to be a fire great guard season. Like, I'm sorry. This is, this is a good team. This is a team that has the resume of one of the top 16 ish teams in the country. They're not going to miss the NCAA tournament. I don't care if you say like, Oh, because of what they're playing as of late, they shouldn't be in it. That's not how it works. Tough cookies. And if you think, Oh, that it should be how it works so that I can see this team get, bounced from the Big Ten tournament early and then missed the NCAA tournament because I want Greg Gard to get fired. Hmm. That's your cup of tea. It's certainly not mine to cheer for uh, my team to fire its head coach and do so at the expense of this team that I think has been very deserving of getting to go to the NCAA tournament. I'm just not rooting against the young men on this team. I I won't do it. Um, but we're going to talk about, you know, why the, these young men who played well in this game, you know, should should be rooted for. Uh, also, check in again on some, some folks who I think didn't totally play all that well. Uh, but first, I want, to, I want to tell you about our friends over at TickPick, uh, because maybe you went to, to Iowa City today and got to see a, a pretty solid Wisconsin Badgers <laughs> Iowa Hawkeyes game in this one. Um, but TickPick is where I go to get fee-free tickets for sporting events, concerts, comedy shows, whatever things I want to go to. Um, I'm actually headed to an event on Monday with with the day off, with the holiday, uh, during the day because of some excellent tickets I found on TickPick. Um, and I got there without having to pay fees. I got the best price. I, I, look, listen, I'm, I'm a deal hunter. I shop around. Every once in a while, I'm like, eh, do I really stick you know, I I, I got to check. I got to check my work. I got to check my work. And TickPick is always giving me the best deal. No, ma- no matter how much I fret about it, I'm getting the best deal on TickPick that I can get anywhere else. And if you find the same tickets for a lower price anywhere else off of TickPick, TickPick is going to refund you 110% of the difference in credit towards your next purchase. Plus, if you use my link in the podcast description, my link that's on the screen right now. You're going to save 10 bucks on your first order. So go to the Google Play Store, go to the Apple App Store, download the TickPick app, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, and click my link in the podcast description, click my link in the YouTube description, save 10 bucks on your first order, never pay hidden fees ever again for tickets. Uh, coming up this week on the show, we'll get into a little bit of a weekend whip around episode to put that into your feed on Monday. Um, just get some thoughts, vibes out there. I, I think maybe some burning thoughts that I, I come up with after this game is wrapped. We'll have an episode 
uh, recapping this women's hockey weekend with Noah Clark as the Badgers won last night. And we'll break down that win on our uh, locked in the third period with Minnesota. Uh, we'll do that. We'll, we'll get into Wisconsin's game this week. Wisconsin only has one game this week against Maryland uh, on Tuesday. So actually maybe that Monday episode will be a matchup preview episode Monday or Tuesday will be uh, for that game against Maryland Wednesday. We'll recap that game as well. Uh, and maybe, maybe try to get a, a good guest on toward the end of the week. to talk about how we're feeling about this Wisconsin basketball team, because they're going to have a little break after that Maryland game on Tuesday. Then they don't play again until the following Tuesday when they travel to Bloomington to play the Indiana Hoosiers. Uh, and when they do so, I hope that they can get another solid Stephen Crowell and Tyler Wall performance, because I, I thought they performed pretty well in this game. Part of the reason Wisconsin was having trouble in this game was because Tyler Wall had to spend so much of it on the bench. Tyler Wall only had 22 minutes in this game. In those 22 minutes, he had 10 points on five of eight shooting, three rebounds and four assists. And on some of these assists, I mean, they the Badgers were just dishing. The Badgers had 20 assists in this game. I, I thought they played incredibly well um, offensively. For, for most of the game, particularly the first 10 minutes where they had 32 points. I mean, I mean just just absurd. They they kind of you know clamped down, Iowa did, on defense in the latter half of the first half, uh, where Wisconsin then only had 15 points. But T Tyler Wall, I, I thought, was getting real timely buckets down the stretch for, for Wisconsin and being able to do so with just real patient post work, um, getting up around the rim, getting around Ben Cricky, who... I mean, it's a solid power forward, but Tyler Wall is just so much better around the rim than he is. And I thought he performed very, very, very well. He ended up fouling, fouling out in overtime. And I think that hurt Wisconsin um, as Tony Perkins got, you know, the final basket that gave Iowa the win right around the rim. And yeah, that that is Chucky Hepburn's assignment. And no, I don't know that Tyler Wall would have been there if he were in the game to, to help protect the rim a little bit more, but I would have been more comfortable in overtime with Tyler Wall in the game than I would have uh, with Carter Gilmore in the game. Um, AJ Store, who I thought played quite well, cooled off a little bit in the second half after a first half where he had 14 points on five of nine shooting, hit two threes. Um, he had seven points combined in the second half in overtime, and overtime, and I thought that Wisconsin went away from him a little bit too early. I thought that he, he did not get really the amount of looks that he he was deserving of there, there was a couple of times where he's you know settled for jumpers just outside the restricted area not, not quite getting to the rim but i thought aj store in the first half in particular looked really really solid with his shot selection uh in the second half he made a couple of backdoor cuts that were just very impressive you know leading to assists from tyler wall that i i thought you know just show how how much of a great player aj store is becoming for this team and then like I mentioned, St Stephen Crowell, who I thought played very well in this one too, five of eight shooting, twenty-two points. He, he and Owen Freeman going up against one another was was just so fun to watch. Uh, Chucky Hepburn also with a solid performance, only six of eleven shooting. I think I would have liked to see you know maybe a little bit more efficient shooting, but six of eleven you can't really complain about. Of course, he had three of six on his threes and he had eighteen points, uh, nine rebounds too. So I mean, great for him. A solid enough performance, but a couple of Badgers that I thought pay, played a little bit poorly. We talked about Max Klesman, 
and I think he's one. But I think John Blackwell, also a little bit rough. I, I talked about him in the halftime spaces as, as a guy that, you know, I thought was playing pretty well. And he just couldn't stay on, on the court in, in the second half. Uh, he had four first half minutes, six second half minutes, and, and he just, I, I think he had the worst plus minus on the team. He, he just was not playing very well on defense. He had, he had some tough assignments. He, in the first half when Max Klesman was on the bench, John Blackwell was tasked with guarding Peyton Sanford, who is, I mean, argue outside of Owen Freeman is probably, I mean, the most electric scorer that Iowa has on this team. Pey- Peyton Sanford can score from anywhere. It's a really hard guard for, uh, John Blackwell to have in, in this game, uh, given that Sanford is, I mean, the, the reigning big 10, six man of the year, John Blackwell having to jump in and defend him is, is tough. I think he gave it his best shot overall, but couldn't quite do it. Uh, John Blackwell did finish with a couple of really impressive buckets in the first half, uh, where, you know, he, he finished through contact. He also made an excellent cut to the basket that resulted in him getting an assist over to Steven Crowell. I, I thought he played, you know, solid offensively, but just a, a really, you know, rough second half defensively. Nolan Winter, I think, also struggled defensively a little bit. I, overall, like I, I talked about on, on the preview episode for this game, the freshmen in this game, I, I think we're going to be really interesting, really telling of how this game was going to go. And I think it told a little bit of a story because Iowa's freshmen played played better. Uh, Brock Harding, who I think played better in the first half than he did in the second half, but he he ate up some really, really, really solid first half minutes playing playing eight of the 20 first half minutes in lieu of Tony Perkins, who I think he looked like he was in Fran McCaffrey's doghouse for a little bit there. Uh, Nolan Winter, I think, was okay on offense, but couldn't stay on the court defensively. That was that was tough for him as well. So, yeah, I mean, the, the freshman story coming out of this game, it's really Owen Freeman, although John Blackwell did play in this game, but... Owen Freeman was was the number one number one story. Yeah, this, this was a rough one to watch. I, Wisconsin had a 13-point lead. Kind of blew it away. Like I said, Wisconsin scored thir- 32 points in the first 10 minutes of this game, 15 points in the second 10 minutes of the first half. In the second half, Wisconsin had 31 points. Wisconsin scored fewer points in the entire second half than they did in the first 10 minutes of the first half. The offense was rough. Eventually, when you're when you're banging down low with Stephen Crowell and Owen Freeman, Crowell's gonna get a little bit tired. This team had a rough time finishing through contact. There was a lot of contact. This was a physical, physical, physical basketball game. One that was tough to see go the other way. Wisconsin had a shot to take a lead at the very end of both regulation and of overtime. Couldn't get it going. Would have liked to see. I mean, AJ Store just didn't didn't finish around the rim when when he had a look at the end of regulation. I guess I understand then why you know the play didn't go to him at the end of overtime. But I would have liked to see him as a second option as as opposed to you know Chucky, Chucky Iso Ball with a little bit of dribble penetration to a step back three. Wisconsin didn't score. Uh, for uh, didn't didn't complete a shot from the field for the final three minutes and ten seconds of overtime. Yeah, rough. Rough. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot that Greg Ard can take away in this one. I, this Iowa offense is really, really, really good at, at setting up screens and making it hard for defenders. I, I think Wisconsin's going to have a lot of a lot of lessons to learn from this one. Watching guys get stuck on screens. Good, good learning lessons for John John Blackwell, who may have struggled in this one. Nolan Winter. 
Um, yeah, I, I think the one that I think you have two two big regrets in this one. One, if Tyler Wall doesn't get into foul trouble, he picked up his third foul with 12 seconds, you know, to go or 12, 12 seconds into the second half. If Tyler Wall doesn't get into foul trouble. Maybe you win this one. I think it's really hard considering he had 19 points in the first meeting between these two teams, and he was looking dang good in this one. I, I mean, he had 10 points in 22 minutes. Another regret is maybe the worst rule in sports, except for uh, um, like Jordan Spieth getting disqualified <laughs> in a golf tournament uh, because his opponent marked Jordan Spieth's scorecard wrong, which is just silly. Uh, but Wisconsin had a basket that was originally ruled a good basket because of a goaltending call taken off of the board because they went back and reviewed it five minutes later at the next media timeout and said it actually was not goaltending. So Wisconsin had those two points and then they were taken off the board. Now you may be saying, okay, but it was Wisconsin getting that rebound. Yeah. Wisconsin got that rebound. Wisconsin was getting that rebound. Stephen Crowell would have been able to go up. And also Stephen Crowell was hacked a ton in this game. No, we haven't talked about that. Uh, the officiating of this game was questionable on both ends, right? They really let them play physical. I, I talked about that a little bit, but there were times in which they were calling everything. There were times at which they called absolutely nothing. It was baffling. It was a baffling officiating performance that I, I still can't totally wrap my head around. Um, but in this instance, Wisconsin got a bucket because of a goaltending call. And then they took the goaltending bucket off of the board, which if you don't call goaltending in the moment, Wisconsin has the opportunity to score the basketball there anyway. The fact that you can do it like five minutes later doesn't make any sense. If you're going to change that play, change that opportunity there, you need to say, okay, this actually wasn't goaltending in the moment. Like in the moment you call you like you, you do a dead ball review immediately. And then, you give the ball back to the team on offense or whatever. I, I don't know what the right rule is, but that 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 was bad. That, that was bad. You you took two points off the board in a game that went to overtime and Wisconsin lost by two. That's bad. That's a bad rule. I I think this is there because of some shenanigans that happened with LSU a handful of years ago. But yeah, every time it comes up, it seems like people don't like the rule. It's bad. It's one of these things that uh, like 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 replay review on pass interference that existed for a minute because the new Orleans saints threw a hissy fit. It's just one of these rules that exist because somebody has to overreact to something that went really, really, really wrong one time in a game. Uh, and then all of a sudden people realize, Oh, actually this rule is terrible and nonsense. So, uh, we should probably get rid of it again. Uh, yeah. Bad college basketball rule. Would love to see it, uh, thrown into the ash heap, but that's going to do it for today's episode of the Scotty six pack podcast. Let me know what you think about Wisconsin college basketball scene. The NCAA tournament. Is Wisconsin going to make the tournament? Are they going to make the tournament comfortably? Should Greg Gard be fired? Would love to hear your thoughts about all of those things down in the comments on YouTube or by tweeting at me on the website, formerly known as Twitter, where you can find me, your host, at Kedrick Stumbrus, and follow the podcast at Scotty Sixpack for the latest updates in Wisconsin sports. While you are here, listening on your podcast platform of choice, first of all, thank you so much. And leave a review, five stars, kind comments. Really, really does help the show. Helps us bring even better content to you six days a week. You can also watch on YouTube, youtube.com slash at Scotty Six Pack, where you should smash the subscribe button and hit that like button. And of course, hit that bell so you get notified as soon as we put instant reaction podcasts into your feed on Wisconsin. <laughs>